And if you brought your Bible, I want you to find the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 2, and verse 6. Si trajo su Biblia, vamos a comenzar en Deuteronomio, capítulo 2, y el verso 6 al 7. Uh, then we're going to go to Psalm 23. Luego vamos a ir al Salmo 23. If you don't have a Bible, don't panic. We'll have it up here on the screen in a moment. Or you can look for it on your digital device. The Word of God is rich, isn't it? Amen. Last week we talked about breaking the poverty spirit. La semana pasada hablamos sobre quebrando el espíritu de pobreza. And tonight we're going to pick up where we left off. Esta noche vamos a comenzar desde ahí. Hablando sobre esto, we're going to begin there by talking about the revelation of divine abundance. Estamos hablando esta noche sobre la revelación de la abundancia divina. I shared with you last week that one of the ways that poverty and the poverty spirit or the poverty mindset is broken from our life is when we adopt or understand, when we receive a revelation of the abundance of God's provisions toward us. Compartí con ustedes la semana pasada que una de las formas uh, y los pasos a quebrar el espíritu de pobreza en nuestra vida es recibir de Dios una revelación de su abundancia. And so I want you to read with me Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 6, then we're going to go to Psalm 23, very well-known psalm for all of you. It reads, you shall buy food from them with money so that you may eat. And you shall also purchase water from them with money so that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through this great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked a thing. Say amen, somebody. Now hold on to that and then go to Psalm 26, verse 1. Pardon, Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Tell your neighbor, Psalm 23 is not a, for funerals. It's not for funerals. All right, most of the time when we read Psalm 23, we think someone has died. All right, it's not a funeral song. Psalm 23 is a provision song. And I want us to look at that tonight. Would you pray with me? Father, we're so grateful tonight because you have visited us with your presence. We are in awe of you. And tonight we want to hear from you. We want to hear your voice. We want your word to speak to us, to challenge us, to grow us, and to increase us. And so tonight I want to ask you to speak again as you have spoken in these last few days and months and weeks. And I ask you to anoint my lips of clay to preach and teach the word of the living God. We ask this in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. Tonight I want to talk about... The, the revelation of divine abundance. And we see here in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 6 through 7, some very interesting things. Uh, I have shared with you that this book was written to those people who were, uh, had come out of Egyptian slavery and were in the wilderness for 40 years and were now about to enter the promised land. And so I want you to notice that these are slaves and how much money does a slave have? Nothing, right? A slave is broke. 
You want to know the definition of broke? It's a slave. Uh, ellos son esclavos al cual Moisés les escribe el libro de Deuteronomio. Habían sido esclavos, libertados de Egipto. ¿Y cuánto dinero tiene un esclavo? Pues un, un esclavo no tiene nada. A slave works all day and gets nothing in return. Un esclavo uh, trabaja todo el día y no recibe nada eh, para sí. And so God brought them out of slavery. He brought them out of bondage. And that bondage uh, is a picture of our life before Christ. A life of sin where we worked a long time and received nothing in return. Esa esclavitud es un, uh, un recuerdo de la vida que vivimos antes de Cristo. Cuando vivíamos sin, uh, en la esclavitud del pecado y uh, obrando en la carne pero nunca alcanzando nada. And so that's the picture of life before Christ, the life of slavery. But tonight I want you to notice how God speaks to these former slaves. Note conmigo como Dios habla a estos esclavos uh, en, en el verso 6, and I'll just give you a little a background here. In this chapter, chapter 2, they are about to go through uh, three foreign lands. They're going to go through the land of the descendants of Esau, the, the land of Moab, and the land of Ammon. And all of these lands, God tells them, do not bother the natives of the land. Don't bother the, 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 the countrymen. And don't harass them. Don't pick a fight with them. Because I will not give you their land. Right now, God had told them this because these three groups of people were their relatives. They were their, they were their uh, distant cousins. And if you read about these three different lands, you'll discover that all of them had rejected the God of Israel. They had all rejected the covenants of God. And nevertheless, they are still relatives of Israel. And so God says, you're going to go through the land of your relatives and you are going to buy food and buy water with money. Now, what does a slave have? Nothing. So how are they going to buy food and buy water with money? Dios le dice a estos, uh, uh, los que antes eran esclavos, van a pasar por estas tres regiones de sus primos y van a comprar, the, uh, van a comprar comida y van a comprar también agua con dinero. Now, what that leads us to understand is that these slaves, former slaves, had money. Say, they had money. Ellos tenían dinero. Now, how does a slave get money? ¿Cómo es que ellos llegaron a tener dinero? And what I want you to notice about this, if you really, really think about the Bible when you read it, you, have to, you really have to think about some things and, and you realize this. The nation of Israel went into the wilderness, former slaves, they have no money as far as anything they have earned, and then they're going to build a tabernacle, and they're going to build it with gold and silver and a, a lot of precious things, Where do they get all of these resources? Esta nación va a salir al desierto, van a edificar un tabernáculo, van a, uh, van a traer en este tabernáculo oro y plata que ellos van a dar, y de dónde van a sacar todo esto. And then, on top of that, they're going to bring sacrifices to the tabernacle, And they're going to bring goats and bulls and doves and all of these other things. Luego encima de esto van a traer sacrificios y van a traer bueyes y van a traer vacas y van a traer carneros y van a traer palomas. Where are they getting all of these resources in the wilderness? Ever thought of that? That's, that's a important thing for you to think about because there's a revelation in this fact that although they were leaving as far as they were concerned with nothing, God was going to provide for them. And what do we read in verse 7? God says, don't get anything from these people except that you buy, for, you buy it or pay for it. He says, because the Lord your God, verse 7, has what? Say what? The Lord your God has blessed you. Deuteronomy 2.7. Do you see that? 
Underline that right there. The Lord your God has blessed you. I want you to know this tonight. <coughs> and I want you to be able to say it. The Lord my God has blessed me. Usted debe decir, Jehová me ha bendecido. How many of you can say it tonight? The Lord my God has blessed me. You see, the reason they're going to be able to build a tabernacle and offer sacrifices and give offerings is because God had blessed them. And he says, because the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done, and he has known your wanderings. He knows the journey you're on for these 40 years, and the Lord your God has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. Dice, Jehová los ha bendecido, Jehová ha estado con ustedes y no les ha faltado nada. How many of you can look back over the journey of your life in Christ so far and say this? Number one, God knew every step of the journey. And number two, I have not lacked anything. Come on, if that's true, shout amen. ¿Cuántos pueden decir, Dios ha conocido cada paso que yo he dado y no me ha faltado Nada. They have not lacked anything. Now that word there, uh, lack, it means two things. Number one, it means you have not been in lack, the way the literal English word means you have not suffered the lack of anything. And uh, lack is like when, when you are cooking a specific meal that requires a specific spice and you look all through the house and don't have it. That's lack. All right? He says, you have not lacked anything. But then the word lack also means you have not decreased. You have not gone, gotten smaller. Esa palabra, no te ha faltado nada, primero significa que no te ha faltado nada. Has tenido todo lo necesario, pero también representa que no has disminuido. No has perdido nada. You have lost nothing. And in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 29, verse 5, Moses says to the nation of Israel that for 40 years they walked through the wilderness and their, their clothes never wore out and their sandals never wore out. Wouldn't you like to know what mall they bought that in? I mean, they had the same clothes for 40 years. Never wore out. They never outgrew it, apparently. And uh, it never got too large for them. Come on, somebody. And their shoes never wore out. Listen, when you walk with God, God will see to it that you don't miss anything that you need and that you don't lose anything that he's given you. Come on, somebody. He says you have not lacked anything. Now, that word thing there, it, it means, of course, thing. You have not lacked any single thing. But it also has this meaning. You have not lacked a word. You have not lacked one single promise from God. Now we've been talking about tasting the grapes, haven't we? We've been talking about enjoying and experiencing the goodness of God and the promises of God and the covenants of God. And God says, as long as you walk with me, you won't lack my word. You won't lack my promise. Look, there, there's one thing. Uh, you can pursue the thing if you want to. And God will give you the thing. But there's a thing greater than the thing, and that's the word. If you have the thing, then you have the thing. But if you have the word, it's the word that can produce things in your life. And so he says, you have not lacked one single promise. What does that mean? That means I have kept every single promise that I made you. Dios le dice, no te ha faltado nada. No te ha faltado ninguna cosa necesaria y no te ha faltado mi promesa. Todo lo que yo dije lo he hecho. So look, if you're, if you're waiting on a promise from God, don't, don't panic. God is a promise keeper. And if you have his word on it, you can count on his word. So how did the Lord bless them? ¿Cómo los bendijo Jehová? How did God bless these slaves? Well, the Bible says that in the night before they left Egypt, 
La noche antes de salir de Egipto, the Egyptians spoiled themselves. Los egipcios se uh, sacaron el botín de ellos mismos. What does that mean? That means this. Usually when an army attacks a city in the ancient world, they go in and they take all the silver and all the gold and all the precious things and all the valuable things. That's called spoiling a city. All right. Well, the Egyptians didn't have to be spoiled by the Israelites. The Israelites spoiled, uh, pardon, the Egyptians spoiled themselves. That means the night before the, the Israelites left uh, Egypt, the Egyptians went into their jewelry box and brought out their gold, their silver, their precious stones, and everything valuable they had in their house, and they came and they laid it at the feet of their slaves and blessed them in, and, and gave to them all those things that, listen, all that back pay, that they hadn't been paid for their slavery for 400 years. God paid it all in one night. I don't feel like anybody's listening tonight. I said they got it all in one night. Listen, when they walked out of Egypt, they walked out loaded. Say loaded. How many of you would like to be loaded? Pastor, I'm already loaded. I'm loaded with problems and cares. No, get rid of that. The Bible said he has loaded you down with blessings. They walked out of that land full of the blessing of God. And so they were able to build a tabernacle debt-free. Because the Lord had blessed them. They were able to bring offerings to the Lord because the Lord had blessed them. And they were able to eat and be satisfied because the Lord had blessed them. And 40 years later, they were able to buy, still able to buy and uh, buy food and water because the Lord had blessed them and caused them to increase. Listen, all that time they're in the wilderness bringing their offerings, bringing their tithe, bringing the first fruits. God is preparing a land for them that they didn't build, a land of houses they didn't build, wells they didn't dig, vineyards they didn't plant. He's fulfilling his promise to them as he had said that he would. Now, tonight, this is very important for us to understand because if these folks being slaves, experience the ability of God to bring into their life things that have been withheld for a long time. How much more you and I as his children? How much more? And then he not only provided for them through Egypt, but he provided for them in the wilderness so that their, as I mentioned, their clothes never wore out and God caused things that should have, gone, uh, should have gone bust a long time ago to keep working. So that they would see his providence and his provision in their life. And I'm looking tonight to see whether or not there's anybody here that still believes that God can provide for every single need that you have in your life. You see, poverty tells you you'll never have enough, you'll always be broke, you're always going to be begging, you're never going to make it, and this, this revelation that God wants you to have tonight is that there's more than enough, you are going to succeed, failure is not necessary or even an option for the believer, come on somebody, that God has greater things for you than you could even ask or imagine, come on somebody. So he wants them to, to recognize you can buy these things because I blessed you. And later in the book he tells them, don't forget it either. When you're sitting in your house, don't forget that I gave you that house. And when you're enjoying that, uh, that flat screen TV that you don't owe to anybody, don't forget it was the Lord who blessed you. And when you're sitting at Thanksgiving dinner with a feast on the table, remember it was the Lord that provided the feast. 
Come on, and then when you walk into blessings by accident, remember, it was the Lord who did this. It was the Lord who blessed you. And he blessed you in such a way that you had no lack. Now, I want to address, before we get to Psalm 23, I want to address some reasons why people experience poverty. Quiero hablar un poco sobre las razones por las cuales algunos tienen la experiencia de la pobreza o de la escasez. Why, what are some reasons why people experience lack? We, we dealt with a lot of this last week, and so I'm not going to cover anything I covered last week. If you weren't able to be here last week, you need to go and download the podcast or go watch it on Facebook. But you need to learn what we covered last week, and I'm just going to add to that. All right, so here are some reasons. And primarily, this is what I want you to notice tonight. These are non-financial reasons why we suffer financial lack. All right? That's a long title, but that's what I need you to write down in your notes. Non-financial reasons why we suffer financial lack. What are you talking about, Pastor? This is what I'm talking about. There are some things that cause lack in your life that have nothing to do with money. In fact, as I mentioned last week, the, the, the reason for lack is nothing to do with money. Hay razones en nuestra vida por la cual puede haber escasez que no tiene nada que ver con dinero. And when you read the Bible, what you discover is this, that God never needs a job in order to be able to provide for you. God doesn't need a government check to be able to provide for you. So the usual reasons why we think, well, I'm broke because I don't have a good enough job. I'm broke because I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. I'm broke because of, uh, I don't have a good enough education. None of those work for God. Because God can meet your needs no matter what's going on in your life. Say amen, somebody. But there are some reasons for lack coming into our life that have nothing to do with money. The first one is this, ignorance. Say ignorance. Now, I want you to be very, very clear about this. I'm not calling you anything tonight. I'm not calling you names. All right? Say amen. All right? Ignorance is not the same as being stupid. Okay? What does ignorance mean? It simply means you don't know. La, el primer, la primer causa no financiera, por la cual tenemos escasez financiera, es la ignorancia. Y la ignorancia simplemente significa que no sé. Now there's a difference between being ignorant and being foolish. Hay una diferencia entre ser ignorante, uh, help me out with a word for foolish in Spanish, Insens y ser insensato. To be ignorant means you don't know. To be foolish means you know, but you don't do. All right? El, el ser ignorante significa que no sabes, pero el ser insensato significa que sabes, pero no haces. That's being foolish. Okay, I think we can all agree we don't want to be foolish. Todos estamos de acuerdo que no queremos ser uh, no queremos ser incesato. But what I want you to notice here is that many times ignorance of what God says about money will bring lack into your life. If you don't know what God says about money, you can't experience God's blessing on your money. Because it doesn't come to the natural mind. Nobody, not one single person in here, would just wake up one day in their natural mind and say, I'm going to give 10% of my money to God. The natural mind doesn't think that way. And ignorance of the word of God can produce lack in your life. That's why I have to teach you what God says about money and what God says about lack because if you will learn what God says about money and what God says about lack, then you can break the back of poverty in your life by doing what God says. And so we have to address the ignorance of that. Another word, another thing that ignorance means is a lack of light. Otra cosa que podemos usar para describir la ignorancia es la falta de luz. 
And so when you don't know, you don't have light. And you don't have light on a particular subject. And we're not just addressing financial lack tonight, although that's going to be the primary emphasis. But anywhere, any area where you are ignorant, you're going to suffer. Cualquier área de tu vida donde estés ignorante vas a sufrir. So listen, if your marriage is suffering, I guarantee you there's some things you don't know. If your career is suffering, there are probably some things you don't know. And if your finances are suffering, there are some things you don't know. What do you do when you don't know? Ask, right? Seek. Look for it. Find. Get in the word. Talk to a Christian who knows what they're talking about, a spiritual leader. Uh, look for a podcast on the subject, right? Look for something and somebody that can shed some light on your ignorance. And so you and I really in the 21st century have no excuse for ignorance. Because all of us have met brother and sister Google. Uh, and anything you need to know, you just Google it. And you can get into some trouble with that because there's a lot of lies on Google. But I want you to just realize there is so much information out there that if you need to know you can find out. And, and that is why I commend you for being in Bible study, for taking notes, for studying the Bible. Because when you do that, you're bringing light into your ignorance. And many times what happens in Bible study or what happens in, in, on Sunday morning, the greatest thing that can happen is not you come up to the altar and have an experience, but rather you get the light turned on and realize, whoa, I didn't know that. And now that I know it, I'm going to do what God says on this issue. And if you will practice what God's word says on the issue of money, you're going to see him providing like you never knew he could. Now, I want to add to that that one of, the, one of the reasons or one of the things that can lead to financial lack in your life is not having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He said, Pastor Isaac, what does having a relationship with the Holy Spirit have to do with money? Everything. Una de las cosas que usted y yo podemos sufrir financieramente cuando no tenemos una relación con el Espíritu Santo. Listen, if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're going to suffer lack in a lot of ways because of ignorance. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. El Espíritu Santo es tu maestro. Jesus said, it is best for you that I go because if I go... I will send to you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will lead you or guide you into all truth. What does that mean? That means Jesus said, when I send the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to come into your life and turn the lights on. And listen, we've all done it. We've all made relationship decisions without talking to the Holy Spirit. We've all made financial decisions without talking to the Holy Spirit. We've all made career decisions without talking to the Holy Spirit. Where do those decisions get us? Trouble, pain, lack, loss. We lose time. We lose focus. We lose attention. And, and listen, if you would just get in touch with the Holy Spirit and stay in touch with the Holy Spirit, he will tell you how to spend your money. He'll tell you how to handle your finances. And you won't have as much ignorance in your life because you'll have the light on. But listen, when you're not walking in the light of the Holy Spirit, the only light you have left is your own light. And that's not a very bright one. Because the fallen nature has no insight. All you, listen, what, what, what you have when you don't have the Holy Spirit is the light of experience. And experience can be a good teacher, but it can also be a terrible teacher. Because sometimes we learn the wrong lessons from our experience. If somebody hurts you, your experience might teach you that you should never love anybody again or you're going to get hurt. Wrong lesson. 
So you can't just be led by the light of your experience. You need to have the light of the Holy Spirit in your life because he leads you into all righteousness. He'll lead you into truth. Say amen, somebody. All right, another reason for lack, a non-financial reason for lack is disobedience to God. Otra de las razones por la cual podemos sufrir la escasez es la desobediencia a Dios. Listen, anytime you do something contrary to the word of God is going to cost you. Cualquier vez que usted y yo hagamos algo que es contrario a la palabra de Dios, nos va a costar algo. Listen, disobedience will cost you, it'll cost your relationships, it'll cost your, your finances, it'll cost your health, it'll cost your emotions, it is going to cost something in all of those areas of your life. And just look at Jonah for a minute. You remember Jonah, the prophet Jonah? ¿Cuántos recuerdan a Jonás? God told Jonah, go and preach to Nineveh. And Jonah said, no way, Jose. And he went and he bought a ticket on a, on a boat going in the opposite direction. He was wasting his money and he knew it. And then look at what it cost him. It cost him the money to buy the ticket. And then it cost him getting thrown overboard. And it cost him getting swallowed by a fish. And it cost him finally being vomited up by a fish. Because he disobeyed God. Because he decided my way is probably better than God's way. Listen, when you do it your way, you're going to always run into trouble. Look at, look at the costs that come as a result of disobedience or of broken things in our life. The average cost of a divorce is $15,000 at the least. Is that expensive? Think about alimony, back child payment, back child support, bail, fines. Every time you disobey God, it's going to cost you something. And we've all, we've all paid one of these, haven't we? Hopefully not bail, but we've all been through there. Look at what, look at what Haggai chapter 1, verse 5 through 11 says. You can go there and look at it. I'm just going to paraphrase it. God says, you put money in your pockets and your pockets have holes in them. En Ageo, capítulo 1, verso 5 al 11, Jehová le dice a Israel, pones dinero en tus bolsillos y tu bolsillo tiene agujeros. How many of you ever felt like you had holes in your pocket? I had $100 this morning. It's gone. Where did it go? And he says, this is why. Because your house is well built and well decorated, but my house lies in ruins. So God tells Israel, because you put yourself first and me last, you're not prospering. And you're treating my house as a secondary thing. And that's not really just talking about the building itself, but our, our service to God, our ministry to God. All of those things that require us to be uh, giving priority to God. God says, if you will put me in priority, I will prosper you. But if you disobey me in this, you're going to find lack in your life. And then we read a little bit more in Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 25. He says your iniquities have turned away all of these things, speaking of the blessing of God, and your sins have withheld good things from you. Dice Jeremías capítulo 5, verso 25, tus iniquidades han regresado las cosas que yo envié a ti y tus pecados han detenido buenas cosas. Look at that phrase. He says, your sin has withheld good things from you. So God is very meticulous about us obeying his word. Dios es muy cuidadoso de que obedezcamos su palabra. Now, let's look at the contrast to that. What does the Bible say in contrast to that? What happens when you obey God? ¿Qué pasa cuando obedeces a Dios? Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. It says, you shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water, which brings forth fruit in its season, 
and his leaf does not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. And then you read in Psalm 84, verse 11, The Lord your God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. Dice el Salmo 84, verso 11, que Jehová no le negará ninguna cosa buena a los que caminan en justicia. Job chapter 36, verse 11. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Salmo 36, verso 11. Si le obedecen, pasarán sus días en prosperidad y sus años en in placeres. How many of you would like that to come into your life? And then Proverbs 28, verse 13. Look at what it says. He that covers his sin will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes his sin shall have mercy. Dice el proverbio capítulo 28, verso 13. El que cubre su pecado no prosperará. Listen, unconfessed sin will not allow prosperity to come into your life. But when you confess it, when you confess it, God says, all right, you can be blessed now. And he will bring blessing and mercy into your life. Now, there's also an important point here, and that is that we need to obey God with the right attitude. Well, I love you because I have to. Say, obey God with the right attitude. How many of you like your children to obey you with the right attitude? Right? You don't want them to carry out the trash grumbling and murmuring under their breath. I'm about to miss my favorite show because they were... You want them to have the right attitude. God says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Notice he doesn't say he will meet your needs because desires are a whole other level. God says, if you will serve me with joy, with gladness, not like it's a chore, not like it's a burden, but you will obey me in delight, I will give you the desires of your heart. All right, I have to move on. Another reason that lack can come into your life, these are non-financial reasons, is for apathy or slothfulness. Otra de las razones por la cual viene la escasez a la vida de algunos es por, how do you say slothful or lazy in Spanish? La flojera. Yeah, la flojera. No sé cuál es la palabra correcta. Dijo el hermano Aquino, son muchos los llamados, la labor es mucha y los, los flojos muchos. When you and I are slothful about God, godly things, it brings lack into our life. Cuando somos flojos, trae escasez a nuestra vida. Look at Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 4, it said, the slugger will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Dice el proverbio 20, verso 4, que el que es flojo no ara la tierra y por esto tendrá que pedir o tendrá que pedir limosna en el tiempo de la cosecha. So what is God telling us? Look, if you're lazy about your relationships, you're going to have lack. If you're lazy about your work, you're going to have lack. If you're lazy about your worship, you're going to have lack. Because any area where you don't put in, the effort is going to suffer. Now listen, it requires some effort. The Bible then tells us in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 11, go to the ant. Observe her ways and be wise. Dice Proverbios 6, verso 6 al 11. Estudia la hormiga. Conoce sus caminos y sed sabio. The other day at the parsonage, there was a couple of ant hills. You know those fire ants? And so I very quickly went and brought out a certain kind of um, 
poison that I think it works effectively on them. And so I brought that out and spread that all over the place. And then the next day, I saw trails of ants. They were moving. I don't know where they were going, but they're going, they're moving, they're going somewhere. And they were going somewhere fast. I mean, I, I've never seen ants move so fast. They're like, you could almost hear them. And I remember what the proverb said. He said, study the ant. Because what did he say? They don't have a chief or an officer or a ruler, but they prepare their food in the summer. And they gather their provisions in the harvest. So the ant works all summer long to make sure they have something for later. Listen, if you eat all that you make in the summer, you're not going to have anything in the winter. And that really is the reason why some people get into winters in their life and they have nothing. And then they say, God failed. God, God came up short. No, he didn't. You just didn't do the wise thing with the provisions that God had given you. And then two more here, and that is that lack comes into your life because of the lack of character or honesty. Otra razón por la cual viene la escasez a tu vida, y puede ser por la deshonestidad o la falta de carácter. God will not bless dishonesty. Dios no va a bendecir la deshonestidad. And so, if you want to experience his blessing, you need to do so with uh, uh, upholding righteousness. Usted y yo, para ser bendecidos, tenemos que honrar la justicia de Dios. God is righteous. And you and I, when we work in righteousness, when we walk in righteousness, God blesses us. Listen, if you have a job, show up on time, work all the time, don't steal the paper clips, don't steal the paper, all right? Say amen, somebody. Because you're a child of God. And you ought to reflect God. And when you do that, God brings blessing into your life. And the final one is dependence on anything other than God. Listen, the very act of depending on anything other than God blocks financial provision from being able to come into your life. And this is a spiritual thing. La dependencia sobre cualquier cosa... Que no sea Dios traerá escasez a nuestra vida. What does the scripture say? Jesus taught us like this. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things will be added to you. So God says, you put me first, and I'll see to it that everything else comes through for your life. Listen, if you're depending on your job, or if your job is your source, that, that company can fold up and go away real quick. But if God is your source, can't nobody fold him up. He's not going away never. So he says, you got to depend on me, rely on me, trust in me, and I'll add all of these other things to your life. So these are some reasons why lack can come into your life. And tonight, if you, if you see any of those things in your life, just come and repent before God for them. And say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been depending on my job. I've been depending on a check. I've been depending on whatever means of income I have. And all of those resources are good and they're a blessing, but they're not you. And if there's any area in your life where you've been unrighteous or you've been working in dishonesty, go and repent before God. And say, Lord, I have been cutting corners. I've been... I've been cutting corners in such a way I thought I'd get ahead, but I haven't gone ahead. I repent for that. And if you need to go and make it up for the people you cut corners with, watch God straighten things out in your life and bring you ahead instead of being behind. Say amen, somebody. So now let's go to Psalm 23, because here's the revelation that God wants us to have of him tonight. Ahora vamos a ver el Salmo 23, el verso 1 al 6. Porque aquí está la revelación... De la abundancia. This is the revelation of divine abundance. And when you read this psalm, I don't want you to think about, like I said earlier, about going to a funeral and people going to heaven. All right? This psalm is not about going to heaven. This psalm is about today. It's about this life you're living right now. And what does the first line of the psalm say? It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. 
When is he my shepherd? When? What is the the tense in the verse? Present. He didn't say the Lord was my shepherd or the Lord will be my shepherd. What did he say? The Lord is. Why? Because faith is now. When you and I have a revelation of divine abundance, this is where it begins. God is. Right now, presently, God is. Not tomorrow. Not day after. Right now, God is my shepherd. He is my God. He is my supply. He is my hope. Whatever it is you lack, you've got to realize God is the source. Right now. Aquí comenzamos el, el, el Salmo diciendo Jehová es, no era, no será, es. ¿Por qué? Porque la fe es para hoy. La fe es para hoy. Esta revelación es algo presente. You can't do anything about yesterday. And you don't have control over tomorrow. What you can do is activate your faith right now to believe that God is. The Lord is my shepherd. This is not just a revelation of finances or of provision, but it's a revelation of God. When you and I understand who God is, then receiving things from him is a lot simpler. Cuando usted y yo llegamos a entender quién es Dios, tenemos una revelación de quién es Dios, ahora ya no es tan difícil recibir de él. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. That word want in the, in the um, old you know, King James Bible, the word want really is the word lack. I will not be without. I will not decrease. I will not have the lack of anything that I need. When you and I can walk in this understanding, I'm not going to lack anything. Listen, a lot of people think like this. I have a job I shall not lack. You need a job. Say amen. But... Some of you have a job and you're still lacking. Some people think like this, I have money saved up. I shall not lack. No, it needs to be the Lord is my shepherd. Because when you have a revelation of him, then you have a revelation of what he has provided. And when you realize what Jesus Christ has provided for you through his cross, he has provided the vast inventory of all the things you and I could ever need. They've already been supplied in God. And so we can say, I shall not lack. I have a a revelation of this fact. Listen, if I lose my job, I shall not lack. If the economy goes down, I shall not lack. God is my shepherd. He's my provider. He's my source. And he says, I will not lack. Now, one of the reasons why people don't tithe and they don't give offerings and they don't live a generous life is because they don't have a revelation of this. You see, if you think that God can't, then you won't. If you think God can't supply, then you won't give. You can't give. Because all you have is all you have. But when you have a revelation of the fact God can, now you can. Because it's taken the, it's taken the blindness away. It's brought light into the situation. There's more where this came from. I said there's more where this came from. How many of you have seen God supply? Have you seen him meet a need? Have you seen him blow your mind? Have you seen him bless your socks off? Guess what? There's more where that came from. I said there's more where that came from. God is not limited. And so you can pray like Ishmael prayed. Lord, do you only have one blessing? No, he's got many blessings. Multiple blessings. So you can say, I can Tithe, I can give, I can be generous because the Lord is my shepherd. And if he has to put money in a fish's mouth, he'll do it. If he has to bring uh, resources out of unexpected places, he'll do that in order to meet my need. Verse 2, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. 
He restores my soul. Listen, prosperity does not begin at the bank. Prosperity begins with your soul. La prosperidad no comienza en el banco, hermano. La prosperidad comienza en el alma. Listen, this is why money has nothing to do with it. Because there are a lot of people who have money who don't have peace. And they don't have rest. And they don't have joy. And guess what? There are a lot of poor people who don't have peace. And they don't have rest. And they don't have joy. Because the answer is not money. The answer is a soul that has been restored by God. And when your soul is prospering, your life can prosper. Listen, when, you're, when your soul is prospering, you can eat ramen noodle every night and be happy. Say amen, somebody. But if your soul's not prospering, you can eat filet mignon every night and be unhappy. What counts is that your soul is prospering. Because when your soul begins to prosper, you can say with David, he, he uh, causes me to lie down in green pastures. I have the rest of God. Why do I have the rest of God? Because I'm resting in God. I'm resting in this truth that he's got everything that I need. I doubt your children Stay up at night wondering whether or not they're going to have milk money tomorrow. Why don't they do that? Because they're resting in the fact that you are going to provide. Well, God says you need to go and sleep tonight because I've got it. I've got it. You can rest in the green pastures because God's got your health. He's got your, your finances. He's got your relationships. He's got everything that you need. And you can, you can rest on that fact that you have not only the rest of God, but that you have the peace of God in your soul. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness. There it is. He leads us. He takes the ignorance out of our life and he leads us. He directs our decisions. Our, our path is led by the Spirit of God. And what's it led toward? It's led toward righteousness. Why does he do this? For his name's sake. What do you mean? It means that God does this. He provides for you. He lets you experience his rest and his peace so that he will get a testimony out of your life. So that he will get the glory out of your life. So that he gets a reputation, a good reputation. Say this tonight. God is getting a good reputation because of my life. You see, because when you show up in life and you are able to walk in the midst of storms and not lose your head, when you are walking through financial struggle and keep your peace, God's getting glory out of your life. And when people see you and they say, man, I never thought anything good was going to come out of you. But now look at the house you live in. Is that your car? Come on, somebody. They're going to say, God. Yeah, it was God. I say, yeah, it was God. Because the last time they saw you, you were hooked to a drug back there that you couldn't get free from. But now they look at you and say, God. Yeah, because it was God who set you free. God that restored your soul. And God that blessed you. Come on, somebody. He leads me for his name's sake. So that he gets the praise for my life. You say, Pastor, I really want that to be true in my life. They keep walking after God and it's going to happen. I can guarantee you God's going to keep his word to your life. Put him first. Obey him. Walk in, in the direction of God. He's going to prosper your life. And the day's going to come when people won't even remember what you were. Or who you were. They're going to say, wait, that's her? 
That's him. To God be the praise. Say amen. Then it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Come on. Every once in a while, you're going to walk through some dark, shadowy valleys. And maybe you might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, not just physical death, but death in your finances, the death of your marriage, the death of your relationship with your children, the death of your career. God says, don't fear, believe. Don't fear, trust. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because February is coming and I'm going to get a good tax return. No. I said no. I will fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He's present. He's walking beside me. He's given me his word. He says, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know that word staff in the Old Testament, the patriarchs would take their staff and they would carve into it all the promises of, their God, of God to them. And the Bible said that Jacob... Bless his children while leaning on his staff. That means you've got to lean on all of God's promises on your life. Say amen, somebody. What is your staff today? It's this book right here, the word of God. His rod and this, his staff comforts me. I'm leaning on the word of God. I'm leaning on this word because this word cannot lie. It is unalterable. It is God's covenant with me. Come on, I said it is God's covenant with me, and it is God's covenant with you. And he says, lean on this. I'm going to guide you and provide for you as you walk in my correction, in my discipline, in my truth. And then I love this part as we close tonight. He says, he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sounds like abundance to me. Doesn't say he will prepare a little morsel. But a table. A feast. Of his goodness. Where? When everything is going well? Where? Right in the midst of my enemies. Right in the midst of my challenges. Look, some of you are facing some challenges tonight. Right now, God says, I'm going to set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And I'm going to anoint your head with oil. And your cup is going to overflow. Somebody say overflow. Again, overflow. That sounds like abundance to me. That's not a God who's saying, let me see what I've got left. He's saying, I'm going to cause your cup to run over. Your cup is going to overflow. Somebody stand up this, this evening and just ask God. Say, God, give me a revelation of your abundance tonight, of your fullness tonight. Let me see you for all that you are. You're an all-sufficient God. An all-sufficient Savior. He's provided an all-sufficient sacrifice at the cross. He's provided an all-sufficient word. He says, I am your shepherd. You will not lack anything. For I will not withhold any good thing from those who seek me. From those who follow after me. From those who desire me above all things. Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, as, as the pastor of this church, I pray that you would give to your people an, a, a revelation of the abundance of God. 
I pray that you would give them a revelation of the fact that they are not the sons of a poor pauper, but that they are the sons and daughters of the God who possesses heaven and earth, a God who has never known a single limitation, a God who can meet every need and cause our desires to be fulfilled. And Father, I pray tonight that they would walk in the revelation of divine abundance all the days of their life, day by day, step by step, that they would obey you and see your blessing overtaking them. For your word says that surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow them all of the days of their life. And they will rejoice. They will be blessing your name in your house, O oh God, for your goodness and for your grace. I come against the spirit of lack. I come against that mentality that says there's not enough, that they will not succeed, that they are going to fail. I come against that now in the name of Jesus. And I declare that our God is a God of the abundance, a God of more than enough. A God who can meet and over-exceed every one of our expectations. And we receive that word in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We break the curse in the name of Jesus. The curse is broken. Because of the blood of the Lamb.